Good day, people, and welcome to the show. Today on Freestyle Friday, Mark and I discuss the concept of small things and perhaps the thought that small things can make a big difference. We reference quite a bit of material, and uh, we'll make sure to have that for you in the show notes. But sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, and let us know what you think in the comments section. So, so anyway, uh, you know, I've just been obsessed with this small idea since uh, since our recent interview with Flower, Flower Darby, Doctor Darby, and uh, the idea of um, Lang and her small teaching, and um, well, also refresh. Yeah, what is small teaching? Okay, small teaching is uh, where you choose uh, to deliberately do one small thing a little bit better and a little bit differently. Uh, to improve and enhance your class, in her case, an online class. So it might be something as simple or small as including a video recording or um, providing navigational support for how to get around in a class or just even change the tone or style of your syllabus. Yeah. Interesting stuff. And the general idea is that small is good because it's something that you could actually follow through and do and that you might stick with it for you know, a semester in our case. So. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, when you pitch this idea to talk about, you know, small, mm-hmm. and even when we were talking with Flower and she started bringing up where small teaching came from and she said small ball, well, having a pretty solid baseball background, I yeah. just knew right, I, my mind went right there. But it also took me to, you know, fitness people want to make these changes. Well, you can't lose 50 pounds overnight. Right. It's got to be a little at a time. And you can't dive in and work out super hard the first day. Otherwise, you'll be so sore you don't want to work out again for a week. Right. You know, it's little things. It's incremental things that lead to the momentum which create big change. And I just think I don't I don't know that we could probably look at any aspect of life and not find that that that's probably true in every circumstance. So since I don't have the background in baseball, fill me in. What's small ball? Well, small ball really is, you know, I'll use a cliche. Chicks dig the long ball, <laughs> right? So home runs and lots of runs scored. That's exciting. It yeah. brings the fans in and everything like that. Well, you know, that's good for everyone but the pitchers, hmm. right? So, um, you know, <laughs> when you're when you're forced to face a really filthy pitcher that's tough to hit and you just can't own them like that, you know, you have to manufacture runs. That's what it's called. So, you know, you find a way to get on, you know, and you get them over. That's usually with a sack bunt or hit behind the runner or something of that nature. And then maybe a single hits them in, scores a run. So, you know, you don't even have a lot of doubles to the gap. It's just singles and bunts and, you know, walks and taking advantage of errors and really boring for the fan, but really effective when you're facing someone filthy on the bump that, that can really deal. And you can't just hit a bomb every other inning. Hmm. So small ball is essentially figuring out a way to manufacture runs to win a game. Hmm. I like that. I mean, I think that has a lot of, a lot of application to stuff we're talking about, you know, just uh, like, like I like your term manufacture runs. It's the same idea as like being intentional, you know, it's, you're, you're not just going to showboat and try to pop one out of the park. Every time you're going to engineer a way to be, to win. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, a lot of what 
Flower had to talk about was engineering a classroom to win. And in that case, the win is great student outcomes. Yeah. Well, I like, I like the concept of small like this because, uh, well, it's going to sound maybe kind of silly, but it really works lately. Uh, I'd say since March, I've been really dedicated to the dishes. (laughs) Uh, first thing in the morning, I, uh, I do the dishes and, and this is like, you know, hours before anyone else is even up or anything. And I just get up and I get it done and I knock it out. And, and for me, it sort of just sets the stage of all day long. I come back and it's like, oh, yay, the dishes are washed. You know, the sink is empty. Everything's clean. And it makes me feel really good. And also, it also helps me to not be hard on myself because it's like, if I happen not to get it done once in a while, it's like, it's, it's not like a, uh, milestone I've set that's just like do or die. So Laura and I now have this, uh, my wife and I have this plan that we're going to dedicate an hour a week towards this one project or five hours a week. So we have two days we can not do it. We could lump it all in one day and hit five hours, but it's a goal. It's a small goal. It's a manageable thing. And we're not being too hard on ourselves. Is it five total hours? Yeah. Five so total between hours. the two of you? No. So you could do each. two. She could do three. Well, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> you could do no. half an hour. She could do four and a half. We're, we're each supposed to do five. So I gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, and we're in this case, we're planning on our uh, exchange student to come. And so we're wanting to get everything really uh, spiffy for this guy when he moves in. So, yeah. So, uh, but we're not, we're not hard charging at five hours a day, seven days a week or anything like that. It's like, eh, we'll knock out five hours over the week. And, and just having that little bit of wiggle room, like maybe one day I don't get the dishes done or maybe one day I don't put in my hour on this project helps. So small, manageable, that's like Flower said, you're a lot more likely to follow through and, and stick to it if it's not too insurmountable or whatever. Sure. I mean, yeah. go back to the fitness thing. If, yeah. if if your first day in a fitness program is you go to a gym and some overzealous trainer, you know, puts you through the ringer, and you lift a lot of weight, and then you're doing intensive cardio, not just mild or moderate, but intensive cardio for 20 minutes, you're hardly going to be able to walk the next way if you're out of shape and you're that, you know, you're that 50 pound overweight, got to lose it, really want to be a healthy person that, you know, you, you can't just go all in immediately and, 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 uh, expect to be able to come back the next day and still give a lot. But it's, you know, I think about this in terms of, of money and I wish I could remember the number mm-hmm. and I'm sure one of our listeners probably has heard this as well, but there's this deal where it's like, Hey, would you like a penny a day? Oh yeah. Right. For 30 days and, you know, and then square it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or do you want $10,000 now? Yeah. Which would you take? Yeah. Be smart. Take the penny. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's ultimately what it is, but that doesn't sound smart. Right. So, but it's just a little bitty chunk every day. If you're just patient and you take the square of a cent every day and then a square of the, a square of two and then a square of four and then a square of eight. And, you know, by the end of 30 days, you're, I, I feel like it's, you're like a millionaire. Something big. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. crazy number. Well, and you just mentioned the phrase all in, and I really like that. It's like, man, I'm all in. It's just a good thing to say and a good way to feel, but it 
initially doesn't sound like it fits with this small thing. <laughs> I'm all in small, you know. <laughs> I'm not sure how to reconcile that, but but I, I I am committed to this idea of small things and small wins and incremental. It's it's the same thing in video games and other walks of life too. You know, you you, you get these little um, achievements along the way, and it's very very motivational. So, you know, coming out of COVID and the I'm kind of introverted, so you know, being on lockdown and you know the change in work environment stuff like that wasn't such a big deal. But it would. An isolation and a change in the way we dealt with each other was a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. And dealing with someone that was wearing a mask because they believed that was a thing, uh, stuff just it, it was a mess for me. And coming out of it, like my small thing right now on a daily basis is I'll wake up in the morning, I'll open my curtains, and I'll sit with a cup of coffee and I'll read a book or I'll listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing I do every day. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it sets the tone for me because it helps me focus on some sort of information that I want to gain right? to make me better today than I was yesterday. Right. And, you know, Seneca, I'm a Stoic fan. Sure. Uh, and Seneca said, the path to wisdom is acquiring one insight a day. Hey, perfect. So for me, that's, you know, that's kind of my methodology at the moment for acquiring a little bit of insight is just spend that time, focus on, you know, the first 30, 45 minutes being just self-development, if you will. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, I, I don't know. I don't know about uh, Malcolm Gladwell or any of this, you know, the idea of 10,000 hours or any of that. But I do know that you can become an expert on something if you give it that much attention on a regular daily basis. So I think that it, uh, it really accumulates. And <clears throat> well, we both, we both happen to have encountered Admiral McRaven's uh, uh, commencement presentation and book about make your bed. Mm-hmm. And I think that ties in great with my do your wash dishes. your dishes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just looking now for other things like that in life that I can just say, you know, just really micro, I guess, I guess kind of like micromanage, just super small things that I can uh, attune. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. You know, you, you talked about, the 10,000 hours and becoming an expert and all mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, we all, we all look at people who have hit it big and, oh, they're an overnight sensation or whatever. Nobody sees the tens of thousands of hours and in, in the failures and the, and, you know, the learning process that occurs to get anyone to that point. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you see these memes online. But the image that comes to my mind is, you know, looking at an iceberg and the massive amount of, you know, structure under the surface of the water and Mm -hmm. you see just the tip Mm -hmm. and that's the iceberg, but really it's the whole thing. And the way I see that is it's all the unseen stuff under the water. That's the work, the effort, the, you know, the 10,000 hours Mm -hmm. to become that expert, to break through and make something happen. And that's really how I see an overnight success. If, if anyone says they're an overnight success short of, uh, maybe getting lucky and buying a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just don't think there is such a thing. Marry up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but then, okay. Back to sports. Uh, one time you were talking to me about a, uh, the way one places their foot, I think it maybe I might have been a softball pitcher or something, and you had this little 
thing you were building for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, talk about small, right? I mean, that's a, just a, a really small incremental intentional focus. Absolutely. Yeah. How's that work? So, well, I mean, it's just one little device that mm-hmm. changes the the direction of force you apply, which will then, if the other parts of the kinetic chain are in place and working properly, will unlock more velocity. Yeah. So, yeah. Very popular device, actually. So, I was I was reading uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits just a little bit online in in relation to this, and he was talking about the British cycling team and how they just did really super small minuscule things like they would the the clothing they would wear and I, the one that stands out in my mind is they they painted the inside of their um transports white so they could see any amount of dust or dirt that might otherwise slow down or complicate the performance of the bicycles and you know it's just to be that attentive and to that to care that very much that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a big difference. I guess, I guess, uh, Olympic athletes are the, the same way, right? They're just like, uh, the iceberg. There's so much that goes on that you never know. Uh, the smallest muscular maneuver, maybe that they repeat a thousand, 10,000 times. Yep. Yeah. The, the technical, uh, advancement to the clothing they're wearing. Yeah. The weight of their shoes or even the sunglasses that are on their head or, you know, whatever. The, you know, there's just so many things that come into play to shave that hundredth of a second off to become a world record. Oh, uh, yeah. That was something, too. It's like um, the difference between the first and the second place cars in the Indy 500 is 1.54 seconds. And it's ha- over half a million dollars difference between being the first place winner and the second place winner. <laughs> so... uh I mean, it doesn't take a lot, right? Just a small, small shave of a second. You're in good shape. That's uh, that's a lot of money for one and a half seconds. <laughs> I'm all over that. So Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, James Clear mm-hmm. and Atomic Habits. Have you heard of B.J. Fogg? No. So B.J. Fogg, uh, he's a Stanford researcher and author. And his book was Tiny Habits. Perfect. Small Changes. Uh that change everything. Hmm. And the essence of the book is really no different than what we're talking about now. It's, it's, it's about building momentum, which is a lot, uh, very similar to what your, uh, you know, do the dishes first thing in the morning thing. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to accomplish, build momentum for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, you know, do the little things because they add up to big results because a whole bunch of little things, well, of course, add up to big results, you know, yeah. and I, I, there's so many things you can think of to equate that to, but, you know, imagine getting a, a PhD. Mm. Well, first you have to get a bachelor's degree mm. and all those little homework assignments and all those classes. Right. And you're not doing all the semester's work all at once. It's just one assignment at a time, one day at a time, you know, read one chapter at a time, mm-hmm. you know, and then you blink and that year's over and then you got to do it all over again three more times, mm-hmm. maybe four to get that bachelor's degree. Then you make the decision to do the same thing in grad school and things get a little tougher and a little more intensive. Yeah. Then you got to write a lot more. Right. And then you blink and you got one year out of the way and then you get another year out of the way and maybe you're done. Maybe you're not. Maybe you go another. And then you decide to do the PhD. And then you got four years of that, two to three years of coursework, even more intensive. Mm-hmm. And then you got 
gosh, however long it takes to write a dissertation. Right, right. Right. And all of that doesn't happen overnight. So when you see PhD behind someone's name, I mean, they've yeah. been through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. To get to that point. And, you know, that in and of itself is, you know, small things, one thing at a time to reach that level. And uh, there's there's something to be said for that, you know. It's pretty impressive. So, you know, I'm excited about this idea, but it's not a new idea, right? I mean, like, oh, it must have been 10 years ago. I was sitting around when the in a in-service when the 212, 212 degrees phenomenon was going on they would show videos and the books and everything else it's a really great concept and it's it was a great and powerful movement but 212 degrees the temperature where water boils and turns into steam and so those change states of water you know water becomes super powerful when it's steam it can push a locomotive and and so on so and it's just one degree different uh than than just hot water and in the same way uh you can you can have an ice cube and it's it's just ice until it gets down below or warmer than 32 degrees and then it's a change state so i think that there are these landmarks or milestones or change states that we can go through when we're different people and sometimes they're exterior things like a phd and other times they're just interior things whenever you're just like now i'm a different me mhm yeah. You know, uh, as you were narrating that a little bit, it made me think of, you know, navigating when I go fly. I oh, just, yeah. I just had a, had a pretty lengthy trip last week, uh, flying from flying back from Wisconsin. And as you were talking, it reminded me, you know, if you're one degree off long enough, you could be over 10 miles away from your des destination. Hmm. And wow. I can't remember the formula exactly, but I think it's one degree for every 60 nautical miles, you're going to be 10 miles off or something like that. Hmm. If you stay one degree off right. your course. And 10 miles is a lot. Imagine being 10 miles off course at night, low on fuel, yeah, and everything looks the same mm -hmm. like <laughs> that can create panic mode and i think you know if we're on one degree lake. off if we're always one degree off that could create some issues so yeah. how do you get one degree better yeah or one percent better yeah as a lot of people say yeah and 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 then uh, i shared i shared with you again from james clear's uh book the idea that if you work at it and get one percent better daily that it uh exponentially grows to the point that you're 37 percent better in a year's time. And again, a listener could probably help us with the math on that, but you know, I would take 30% better at about anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. 30%. Imagine that 30% more fit. Yeah. 30% happier. Yeah. 30% wealthier. Yeah. 30% smarter. See? 30% more productive. Right. Yeah. I'm, you mentioned. I'm getting jazzed just thinking about I it. I know, right? You mentioned the, uh, the idea of, uh, starting your day and, and picking up one new idea a day. And, 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 and I think that's great. I had a guy, my next door neighbor was a CFO for Coleman and he, uh, you know, he went really high in the, in the ranks with Coleman. And, uh, one day I asked him, he was in his eighties at the time when I asked him this, I was like, how did you do that? You went from working the floor to a CFO 
chief financial officer, and he was like, well, one day my supervisor just charged me with the idea to learn something every day, just learn one new thing every day. And, uh, and even in his eighties, he was still doing that. So, and he, and he was not an internet guy. It wasn't easy like it is for us. He, and he would, if he went to bed and he realized he hadn't learned anything, he got out of bed and learned something. So <laughs> that's pretty admirable. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I think I got, got a lot of my, uh, reading from my grandfather mm-hmm. when I'd visit in the summers and get to stay down there for weeks at a time. It it was just, that was part of his day. Hmm. I didn't bug him because I couldn't, <laughs> uh, but he would read mm-hmm. and it was just, uh, just a thing. And being someone that I wanted to be just like, then it was, that was a pretty easy habit to uh, right. just pick up. Right. So, yeah. And it's, it's so good to model that. It's so good to, uh to read intentionally again, I think, um, I don't remember the quote exactly, but it's something along the lines of diet. Uh, it, you know, diet is not just the food that you ingest, but the thoughts that you ingest and the ideas that you inherit from others and the, the, the whole exposure you have every day. And so being around him, that was a great model. That was a great, uh, uh, diet for you to ingest and inherit. So, I'm all about it. Yep. Yeah. Now my big problem is that it's like, well, 1% hell with that. I'm going to go for 40 or 50% per day. I'm going to get like, I'm going to get 10 do things per day. I'm going to make a big list and I'm going to do it all every day. And then I'll be, I'll be 30% better at 15 or 20 or 30 things. <laughs> That's where I always go wrong. Ah, uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably better to do it in small doses. I, I know, but it's, it's just it's, do one or two things. Yeah. Here's what happened to me just last week. I had a vacation and it was a staycation and the rest of my family was preoccupied. And so I just had literally seven days to do whatever I wanted to do. Normal people, that might mean go to the lake or lay in a hammock or whatever like that. But for me, it meant I was going to just get all kinds of things done. And so. I had this enormous, impossible, impressive list of stuff to do. And sometimes one line item on it might be like, um, build a carport or something, you know, just like, and, and about a day into it, I'd worked myself into such a frenzy of not accomplishing anything that I was just beside myself. I was, I was, it was the worst vacation I ever took. And, um, and then I topped it off at the end of the week by totaling my vehicle. But, but along about the third day, uh, I came up with this idea, uh, and I and I just called it the big list of small things. And and that's why I wanted to have this talk today because it saved my vacation, and uh, and it just did a lot for my head. So I wanted to I wanted to bring it in. And uh, so they were really small things, like I don't know. Um, but but the list could only they could only be like 30 minutes or less work and so what i was able to do is invert my um productivity and my processing so normally i would say okay i'm going to i'm going to do all this landscaping and my wife would get on me so she would make me take breaks so it's like okay i'll take breaks but but i never would and uh and so i would end up you know in pain etc cetera, etc cetera. So this time I used the work as 
break intervals, these 30 minute little, little things. And then I had all this other time to write, play with puppies, romp around the farm, stuff like that. And so the result was I actually got more done, uh, work-wise and I felt great about it because I was just checking off all these small things that, uh, that, that racked up. So what'd you learn? <laughs> I learned that small is all, man. It's, it's the way to go to, uh, to, 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 uh, gamify or cheat my head, uh, in that way was amazing. So I'm, I'm now trying to do that with my office job. I'm trying to like, okay, I'll just admit this. I probably have 8,000 unread emails in my, in my account. And it isn't that they're really unread. Okay. They're not read, but, but I, Outlook gives me a, a preview of them and I can pretty well tell, eh, that doesn't matter. So if you send me an email, make sure the first line matters because otherwise I may not go there. And, uh, and then of course all the junk mail and like that, it, it accumulates. And so I had this horrific goal to get to a zero inbox. That was my, you know, you hear that all the time and I thought I could do it. And so I spent like, I don't know, a day, a whole day going through email and making decisions and it was horrible. And so now I'm just like, eh, I'll see if I can crack out a hundred or a thousand in, in a setting. And I'm really making progress. I wish I could remember the author or the book or the podcast, but someone said, I've got a solution for that. Just delete the whole inbox. Yeah, I know. Instantly. <laughs> I talked to IS about it. And, and nothing will change. The world will not stop turning. You will not be less productive. You will not be less connected to the people you need to be connected to. It's just no more stress. Yeah. That, I should do that. Because so far I have maybe saved 100 out of 8,000. You know? Yeah, it's inconsequential. <laughs> right, right. And most of those, if I were a good note taker or used Evernote or something, uh, OneNote, I wouldn't need to have left them in my email to begin with. So it's just a big cesspool. So, so yeah, one uh, small thing, uh, one hundred emails or, or or ten minutes or something. It's it's uh, feels great. I bet we could spend ten minutes. I could get rid of that inbox for you. <laughs> small amount of time. Big, uh, big result. <laughs> Lots of anxiety, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So what else you got? Just a quote. Uh, Jim Rohn, great guy. Success is a few simple things practiced every day, while failure is simply a few errors in judgment repeated every day. So there you go. That's the difference between success and failure. Love it. <laughs> <laughs>